0: You remember to edit this part out. Uh, I won't. That's the fun of it. I will not edit out anything, even if it's blatantly offensive. Right. Which we don't say anything that's offensive, (laughs) at least on live air. That's why I said you're going to edit this part out. Well, you don't want to edit it all out. That's the fun part. For some people. For some. (laughs) Hello, my fellow busybodies. No. No, that doesn't. Hello, matter. my fellow Byzantine bodies. Uh, that's a little better. Hello, but... my fellow Biz-Badalonians. I like that one. You like the Babylonians. Well, who doesn't like the, this is the Badalonians. Because this is like, this is a, this is a podcast, not a podcast. Right. It's about. Me bot. not being able to spell and write it down on the sheet that's in front of us. Dude, that's what spell checks for. And obviously, Excel does not have spell check like automatically. That's. I'm
1: not even going to say it because then I'd get yelled at by somebody. So.
0: <laughs> not by me. That's just dumb. That's just, just that's not that's not me. Yeah. Anyway. So, guys, welcome to Biz Body, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners about running a sustainable and successful business that helps people. I'm your host, Keith Shimm, and With me always is Brandon Miller. On the mic. Yeah, spreading the love. Spreading it. Before we get started, make sure you go over to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter. And go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. You know, if you do two five-star reviews, that's ten. That's Ten, ten stars. stars. Ten stars. It's not, not really, but it's in our minds it is. Right. So leave a ten-star <laughs> review, meaning just leave two reviews of five stars. And please leave a positive comment. It helps everyone find the podcast that needs it, because, again... The only reason that we're doing the podcast is the fact that it's our educational journey through business, and we wish that it was around when we started this. So if it helps you, hopefully it can help others. So um, lastly, if there is a professional that you'd like us to interview or a topic that you'd like us to cover, like us to cover, just send us a personal message on Facebook or subscribe to the newsletter because that is the email to reach us.
1: Or just subscribe to the newsletter anyway.
0: Yeah, just do it anyways. It's good information. Do it. do it, Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Today is about building a customer avatar, otherwise known as your favorite clients. Is like the
1: blue people that their knees were
0: backwards, and you know they jumped around and. Remember, they're not backwards. They're just higher, higher MP joints, right? Yeah, those those things were weird. Yeah, they're really weird. Really weird. Nothing like uh, surrogates, huh? That just yeah. freaks. That freaks me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that. This is a different avatar, though. Completely different. Right. Like a really bad James Cameron movie. But okay. I, I, some people may like James Cameron. But Terminator, right? He's a Terminator guy. Yeah, maybe. I think so. I think I think you did Terminator. I'm but really bad with that stuff. You should know that. Like you're really into it's that. It's my sister. My oh, okay. s- my sister is like a human sponge of information when it comes to cinema. Call it the phone of friend. Call her up. It's the phone of friend. Friend, friend. Right friend. here on the air. This is worth a million? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so basically a customer avatar. What is your who is your ideal customer? Um, who are you equipped to help? And who would you like to work with? Out of the group of people that you are equipped to help, in this episode we're basically referencing um, a couple different books. There is the Business Model Generation book, which I highly recommend that you uh, take a look at because it's a workbook on how to understand uh, not only your business model, but then also some of the ways that we're going to be um, addressing how to find your your perfect client, and as well as Chris Cooper's Two Brain Business and Help First. And also some of the Jim Wright customer avatar uh, exercises. So if you want to check any of that stuff up, we'll have some links in the show notes. And um, you can check out what they're up to, too, to give you a little little diversified overview on how to um, maybe ask the right questions to find the perfect client. I think that,
1: uh, you know, like when we all got started in this business, we uh, we definitely probably took clients on that we didn't necessarily, you know, want to work with or enjoy working with, but you got to pay your bills like everything, everybody else. Um, So, you know, who are the clients that you have on your schedule that you actually look forward to working with every week? And do you have maybe a couple clients on that list that it's the longest hour of your week? (laughs) Um, So we're going to kind of give you some ideas of some things to start to develop a better sense of who that ideal client is and why maybe that person's an ideal client outside the fact that you just like having a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of the things that we did with – you know, as business owners, as we sit down, and you know, Keith and I um, definitely have different um, tastes as far as like personalities and 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 different things that we like in certain clients. So I think for us, it was more of a matter of coming together and figuring out like who's our actual ideal client that we want in the facility as a whole, so that everybody kind of meshes, everybody kind of feels comfortable, um, and there's. You know there's there's some wackiness that kind of goes on from time to time, but like that's, that's a lot of that's personalities, part, yeah, that's part of you know the process. but I don't really feel like at this point we have many clients where either one of us kind of look at and we're like, Man, I can't believe this person's coming in this week. Or, you know, like
0: <laughs> he's like you're freaking us
1: out. He's like, uh, you don't have the client coming in this week again, do you? Uh, we just we just don't have many of those people anymore. Um, not to say that we never did, because that would be a lie. Well, we have to I pay our bills,
0: did. and you're starting out to find out what the heck's going on. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're or. Maybe you thought that that was your ideal client at one point in time and realized that it just doesn't work out and it turns into a complete nightmare. Right.
1: And And I think a lot of that comes down to like understanding some of these things that we're going to talk about in the show. you know. And it it took us really sitting down and writing some of these things out because I'll be honest with you, like when we first started talking about this – for me and him to sit here and talk about, oh, what's your ideal client? Who Who's your favorite client? Mm-hmm. It's easy to say, oh, I like this person because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But like when you actually start breaking down some of these things that we're going to go over here in just a second, it's like, well, maybe I actually like this client for different reasons other than what I actually thought. Yeah, right? yeah. And it, it starts to flush some of that stuff out so that you know, eventually, when you figure that out, whether you're a sole business owner, whether you have business partners, or just in general, how you want the feel of your gym or your clinic or whatever it is to feel, you can start actually building marketing material around those individuals. Yep. Right. Yep. So, some of the things that we started to talk about was just initially make a list of your best clients. Mm. Who do you enjoy working with? Who are the people that, when you look at your schedule week to week, you're like, man, I really love working with this person. This is, like, one of the best
0: hours of my week, right? Um, also, like, when you think about the – like like you said before, why are they your best clients? Are they because they actually pay on time? You know, is it because they do what you ask them to do and they're um, – they're making sure that they want to be successful in in and they want you to be successful and that's a mutually um not mutually exclusive it's it, it's in unison it's an alignment right um and on top of that it's like If you want the people that you don't have to badger and just understand what you're trying to accomplish, everything just flows that much better in your business. But you have to understand what you want to do first. And that's why I really think that, like what you said before, with um, making a list of your clients, but then at the same time understanding why they're your best clients is, is a very important thing.
1: Right. And I think that to talk about it's one thing to actually sit down and actually have to articulate it. Is a completely different thing, and mm-hmm. you know when you finally are able to articulate, oh, why is this person? Why is this person somebody that I really enjoy working with versus somebody who maybe has a great personality who I don't necessarily enjoy working with as much? Mm-hmm. And why is that the case? You know, and is that something that's on me, and or is that have to do more with the actual client themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like you know making a list of your best clients. What are the attributes those clients have? Are there are there things that those clients seem to all have in common? Or are there things that are completely different, right? Like, do you like a variety of personalities? Do you like a variety of different types of people in your place? Um, what, uh, what do they – how do they think and feel, you know, when they come in? Like, are you asking – are you comfortable asking them questions? Are you comfortable asking them, you know – what they enjoy about the experience here, what mm-hmm. they enjoy about working with you, um,
0: why they even come to you in the first place? Yeah,
1: why? Why are they here? You mm-hmm. know, why do they continue to come? Yeah. You know, um, I think, especially your best clients, those are the clients that you should feel the most comfortable confiding in or asking tough questions, like, um, like we talked about. Why do you continue to come? Like, eventually, when you first came in, your goal was this, right? well we've far surpassed that so you know why do you continue to come in and is there something about what you do with us that you enjoy so much that you can't give it up right yeah. because th- that's what you want to bottle those yeah. are the things that you want to try to bottle and like reproduce with every client um and that might be different from client to client you know and i think that the idea that then you can ask those same clients like what do you think of the facility What do you think about the equipment? What do you think about the cleanliness? Like what, you know, all the little minute things that we, I think we take for granted sometimes, like that some of these people, if they've been here a long time and they really enjoy working with you, they're going to be honest with you. You know, like they're not going to beat around the bush and say, oh, Brandon, everything's great. Like love everything about this place. Cause you and I both know that's not the truth. Like, you know, and some, some of our clients are a little more high maintenance than others. And that's okay because the high maintenance ones are the ones that are going to keep our facility the way we we really want it. Which They're honestly is the, the majority They're of people. They're going to tell you the truth, right? So I think like coming down, you know, and 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 really trying to filter more than anything. Like I have this group of clients that I love working with. What do those clients have in in common? You know, do they have similar attributes to one another? Mm-hmm. Do they? What are the things that I really enjoy truly about that person or being around that person, and is that something that I can replicate over and over and over again? I think, is that something that I can look for in new potential clients?
0: I think like um, what was really what was really interesting is this idea that um, like why are people coming to me, um, and then why are we doing what we're doing in order to in order to help them and then if we're understanding them better especially our ideal clients then overall we can ask questions that can help almost predict what they need to to be even more successful with in the future because if we don't know them and like really get to know them you know intuitively what helps them become successful, maybe not just in what you do, but then providing them um, a, a way or a guy or like guiding them towards other avenues of becoming successful as well. It, it's it, if you don't know them, you can't almost predict what it is that they are going to need because eventually I think what creates that really strong relationship is this idea that you service the heck out of the people that you have Because it's so good and you meet their needs that they don't even know that they have because you know them so well that you know the next thing that they need before they even know it. It's kind of like um, Steve Jobs coming out with like the iPod, right, where it's like 10,000 songs in your pocket. People didn't know that they needed 10,000 songs in their pocket until they they heard that phrase, right? It's the same idea with with trying to build out our gym or trying to build out um, like what – what uh, John was John Corsi was talking about as far as building out his model for the chiropractic company. It's like he knows his people, he knows his team, and he knows the other owner owners and what they're trying to accomplish, even before they think they. I think they know that they even want it, you know. And I think right. that's that's a part of that. That's what made business model generation uh, customer avatar. Um, exercise so so cool is this idea that it, you know it breaks it down into things that that maybe questions that you maybe wouldn't normally ask somebody but if you're sitting down and having coffee with some of your favorite clients it's stuff that you probably wouldn't normally talk about anyways
1: right and i think you know like i wish we would have kind of had the opportunity to go through this even earlier than we did because again i think what it What it does is not only hammer down the type of client that you want to work with, but it also kind of hammers down what you do, right? And what you really want to promote, you know, to potential clients of what you do and how you go about things, um, because imagine
0: that it goes right back to what you do again. It
1: goes (laughs) right back to what you do and like, how specific are you? Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that the more specific we've gotten over the last couple of years, the more successful we've, we've actually become versus the idea that I do everything. So everybody should want to come to me. It doesn't always work out that way, you Mm -hmm. know, and you may be able to work with a variety of people, but quite honestly, like, are you going to then be able to relate to all those different clients or are you again, just doing it for a paycheck, you know, like, because I think the more, you know, the wider your base is, the more personalities, the different types of people you're going to attract. You gotta
0: communicate and, and with that, all of them.
1: That may or may not be something that you enjoy. You know, yeah. so I think that when we ratcheted down who we really work with, who we want to work with, how we wanna then go after, you know, that type of individual, not only has our business continued to grow, but we actually have clients that we enjoy working with. And the interesting part about that is the better that you know that, and the better you communicate with the clir- current clients that you have, that you enjoy, those people have friends. Usually those people have friends that have similar interests, similar personality, similar, you know, s- similar things to them, or they wouldn't be close friends, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, all of a sudden now you have this new group of potential clients, yeah. right, that you can pull from. Yeah. And it becomes then something where it's like, man, like my schedule's full of people that I... Joy, like i would go out and have a beer with yeah. versus like man i just can't wait until this person gets out of here like you know
0: or if they or if they don't drink like maybe it's just straight tea
1: yeah or coffee
0: or coffee you're a coffee guy
1: i'm a coffee guy i like
0: i like coffee way too much too. But i like beer too beer's very very yummy or i do whiskey <laughs> <laughs> whatever full-on gluten right like
1: you can if you're gluten intolerant or you don't like to To have gluten, I'll take your gluten. I'll take your gluten. You know, I'm that kind of person. Like, not only can I be your your muscle specialist, but I will be your gluten consumer. Right? I'll help you with
0: that. Right? I'll just help you with that. Yeah, I'm a helper. (laughs) So, some of the questions that we that we ask um, is, or actually, that we take notice first is, you know what what kind of products do your your top clients enjoy consuming? Like from food to drinks to like where they like to go eat towards the feel of the place that they go eat. So does your business feel like any of those places? Um, another thing, what do they do for a living? What kind of music do they listen to? Like what kind of things do they enjoy as far as um, pastimes, as far as like what they, what they wear? Um, where do they like to go? What kind of beverages do they like to consume as well? So those are all just basic things that you should really know about your clients and the type of environments that they that they gravitate towards. So um, other things are like, what do they think and feel about your place? What are their aspirations and worries and pains and gains? And what um, what do they sense in your environment? Like, the types of smells, the types of feelings that they have when they are associated with your place. Those are all very big things to know about the people that you want to service the best.
1: Right, because I think like when you when you have a group of clientele, like they are going to come to you because they think that you can help them in some way, but they're going to stay with you long term because they trust you, they feel safe and they feel like the place that they're walking into is almost like this second home type of thing it should be a second right? home, right so yeah. what are you doing to make sure that all your clients feel like this is their second home so you have that sustainable lifelong term client that quite honestly we're looking for now maybe that's something that isn't in your business model but we've kind of come to the conclusion over the last couple of years that those are the type of relationships we want to establish as yeah. a business. We want to establish those lifelong relationships so that we can be your muscle specialist or taking care of your body for the rest of your life so you can use it, right? But we also, That's not we, a,
0: we've worked hard to to be able to handle that type of responsibility, though, too. You know, it's like, not. I don't know if seven years ago if I could have said, even with massage therapy license and going to school for exercise science, that I could, I could handle that. You know what I mean? So like a big part of what you said, knowing what you do and what you can handle and who you can work with really sets the stage for a lot of this stuff.
1: Right. And I think like, it's been a big exploration for us because, you know, like we came from the athlete development, you know, athletic development, sports performance, whatever the hell you want to call it, Mm -hmm. um, where we were working with high level professional athletes and, you know, now we live in Wisconsin, and, I mean, let's be honest. Like, there's just not a lot of professional athletes walking around. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of, like, high-level athletes walking around.
0: Um, and there's nobody that can service professional athletes.
1: Right. <laughs> they on so every corner. No, nobody wants to even work with them, right? <laughs> so the, the idea of, you know, going from something like that to, you know— do, is that somebody that I really want to work with? Like, mm-hmm. do I enjoy it? Yeah, I enjoy it. Like, it's fun. It's something that, you know, I don't think I'll ever not enjoy. But do I enjoy all the things that come with working with professional athletes or working with athletes in general? No, I don't like all that. St- I don't like a lot, a lot of it, the I stuff mean, that
0: comes along with it. It's it's really quick entertainment industry right. type, type stuff. Whether you're working on a movie star or you're working on an athlete, it, it usually happens or it doesn't happen in a blink of an eye and you got to be ready for that. Right. And I think that's where this whole idea of like who's your
1: who's your ideal client comes in. It's like, yeah, I'd love to, like Aaron Rodgers. Ideal client, right? Well, no, not really. Like considering like it'd be cool to say that you work with him, but at the same time, like I don't want to drive back and forth from Green Bay. Like You're I don't want to be
0: an hour and a half. No, I each don't want I
1: don't want to be at at somebody's beck and call. Like I want to keep normal office hours, like, like anybody else. I want to have banker hours, you know, like in order to work with athletes, you can't have banker hours. Like Uh you can't consistently be home at night and have dinner with your family, have a family, right. If you're doing that stuff. So is that my ideal client? No, it's not. Like, so, you know, at the end of the day, like I'm okay with those things. Whereas maybe Six, seven years ago, I might not have been as okay, but six, seven years ago, I didn't have a wife and a child and, you know, other responsibilities, right? But as Mm -hmm. we've evolved and as we've gotten to the point where certain things have taken over in our lives as far as priorities go, our priorities have shifted in the way that we go after clients and the certain type of client that we're looking for, right? Yeah. Um, Oh, completely. Doesn't doesn't mean that, you know, if Aaron Rodgers came knocking on my door and said, hey, I'd love to come down and, you know, see if you could help me out, that I wouldn't jump at the chance to do it. Yeah. I just wouldn't
0: jump through hoops to do well, it. Well, I mean, anymore. it also comes back to the fact that like it's nice to work three hours and get three hours worth of pay, right? Instead of driving two hours. And then or close to three hours and then working on someone for like an hour and getting one hour worth of pay because no one will pay for drive time in this area or find it worth it or think this astronomically priced in order to do so. Right. It's it's a completely it just depends on if you think it's worth it to you for that connection towards the professional ranks or towards a type of client you want to go to and it's worth that dollar amount to you and 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 time to you it's like it's okay and we're not saying it's bad it's just like you have to be ready for that cuz that's what it takes in order to to build up the the not the collateral, but to build up, um, the connections that it takes to, to work at that level. I mean, you have to be willing to sacrifice your time for other people's time in the short term to build up enough credibility and enough of, um, a following to then conform to your hours and to your place and to your, to your, um, your sandbox. Right.
1: And I think, you know, like I had a when I was traveling around and actually working with quite a few um, pro athletes, you know, like one of my one of my clients had just kind of thrown out, just like, oh, that's so cool that you get to do that, and that's got to be so much fun, and, you know, is that something that, you know, you want to do more of? And at the time, I was kind of like, no, like, I really don't. <laughs> like, yeah. I enjoy it, like, and I enjoy, you know, being in that realm, being an ex-athlete myself. But it's it's mind numbing. It's exhausting. It's you know you're on call all the time. Like I got to the point where I actually dreaded it more yeah. than anything. And it wasn't necessarily the people because I was fortunate. I actually worked with a lot of good guys. Like and I can't say that about everybody. But for the majority of guys that I actually went and saw, like they were all good dudes. It had nothing yeah. to do with their personality. Oh, completely. So, you know, like when I told that to my client, they're like, well, then what's your, what is your ideal client? And honestly, up until that point, I really hadn't thought about it, you Mm -hmm. know, until we started going through this process. And it's kind of like, well, it should have been like, well, I don't know, the client that appreciates what I do, the client that comes in and on time, the client that pays on time, the client that, you know, um, genuinely is in this together. It's not Mm -hmm. just about, like do me you, doing do everything, their problem? right? Me yeah. doing everything for it, that. They generally want to take some ownership in this situation as well, right? Yeah. The person that when they come through the door, I generally sense the fact that. They're happy to be here. They're excited to be here. The person that's going to bust their butt, you know, for me. The person that, if I ask them to do something, they actually do it because they know it's in their best interest. Like, and honestly, the it per- also gives you feedback too. Right. The person that will generally be honest with me. Like, mm-hmm. and if something's not right, has kind of the cojones to say, like, I don't agree with this, or I don't like this, or you know, I think this needs to change, or something like, feels bad. That's my ideal client, right? Yeah, it's the, the idea of communication, but also the idea of responsibility, the idea of you know this mutual two-way you know communication back and forth between one another. That they're not always going to like what I have to say, but I'm not always going to like what they have to say. Oh, completely. But being able to at least communicate through that stuff so that we do have more of this lifelong. Um, relationship that I'm helping facilitate them getting through the rest of their life as optimally as possible. Yeah. Because that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and like having that level of candor in order to understand exactly what they're feeling when they're feeling it. There's a lot of people that have no way to put that into words. And when they don't, then expectations are really hard to meet, let alone exceed. Right. right. So um, I find that. It's more interesting now that before when I, I thought the difficult clients were people that just questioned everything. And now I'm like, I, I hope, I hope I get a ton of questions because those people you know right off the bat take some interest and some responsibility for where they're at instead of just like asking questions that that have nothing to do about the position that they're in. You know, like Small talk, nothing but small talk. I don't. I want you to be aware. I want my client to be completely aware of what's going on when, so that we can get somewhere. Especially, right. especially towards maybe discussions of goals, maybe discussions of future goals and um, aspirations.
1: And I think you know the one thing that always crosses my mind because everybody struggles with the whole money thing, right? I don't care who you are. Like I struggle with it. I know you struggle with it. Never. Like, well, maybe you don't, but I do.
0: Right? <laughs> it was it was and, like the number one taping problem right, I had for my and, past. And the
1: whole idea of this whole money thing, right? So, like, your ideal client might have everything that you're looking for, but if what if that client's one of those people that you literally have to pry their wallet open every time it's time for them to renew? Is that really your ideal client? Mm-hmm. Like, is that really the person that like is bought in that it takes you, you know, time after? Hey. You're down four sessions. Hey, you're down six sessions. Like, Or on the other end of that spectrum, the person that is more than willing to pay you mm-hmm. every time they walk through the door, but they cease to walk through the door consistently. And they're even willing to pay you when they're not there Yeah, because they're just not bought in. Yeah. So like, are you okay taking that person's money who isn't really bought in, who's more than willing to pay you? What, Which client's better? The one that's willing to pay you no matter what? Or the one that you actually really enjoy working with. And they you know that they enjoy being here and you know it ain't a struggle to pay, but for whatever reason, they just have a hard time prying that that wallet open every month.
0: Right. And finding the value for you. And right. saying like so, you're you're equal to this dollar amount of value, which is which is kind of mind blowing when it comes down to if someone values their body at all and is feeling better, that these paper bills or like this amount is not worth their well-being. When in in, in retrospect, it's probably less than going out to eat. It's probably like less than their cable bill. You know, it's like, okay, you enjoy cable a lot more than your body working well. that's kind of, I can't really wrap my head around that. Right.
1: And I, I think that's a whole nother discussion, but I think just the idea of, you know, when it comes down to money and clients, it's like, yeah, you know, like in the past I've had clients that I love to work with, but at I know it's always going to be a struggle at the end of the month. Like when I tell them, hey, you're kind of down four or five sessions. Like I shouldn't have to ask you for a credit card 10 times. Like you should, you know, you know, you're down, you know, it's time to pay. You don't go to the,
0: you don't go to the grocery store and then put everything on credit and walk out the door with groceries. Right. Like, so why is it any different for our business?
1: Right. And I think, you know, for me I've gotten better at not allowing that to happen. Whereas before I just kind of, I know they're good for it. Mm. I know they'll pay. Oh, completely. You know, and you know, like I've never had anybody walk off and stiff me, Mm -hmm. but why, you know, now I look at it now and I'm like, why did I even let that happen? Like, why am I letting letting this person kind of walk all over me? And what if they do stiff me? Like, you know, if they stiff me and they leave me, you know, let's say they've racked up a couple thousand dollars worth of service, like how am I going to recoup that money? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's, this is how I make my living. Right. Well, that's and it's how we like, pay
0: our lease is like by saying, well, we have these IOUs kind of like a dumb right. and dumber situation. Ooh, this one's like $2,500. <laughs> <laughs> this one, you might want a whole lot of this one. Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but you know, like, I think that's a tough sticking point for a lot of people. And I yeah. know it was for me yeah. in getting better. And that goes back to the whole communication thing too. It's like, how well are you communicating with your client? And do you actually have good communication with your client? Are you tell- are you constantly talking at your client? Or are they lit- actually listening to you, right? And I never really segmented that out, like especially when we first got started. You know, I just assumed I provide a good service. I really go out of my way to help people. They won't have any problem paying me for it, you know. And for the most part, most of my clients never did, There's just, you know, there's always a handful of clients that it's like pulling teeth when it comes time for billing. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get you next time. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll get you next time. And it's like, I allowed that to continue to happen because of my insecurity to put my foot down and say, no, I need a credit card today. Or I can't book out your next session. Yeah, you know I just never did that, and these are people that I loved working with, yep. right?
0: So uh, yep. I just, I just you don't, wanna, you don't jeopardize kept... the, the relationship right. too. You feel like it, it will, you know. And and what's interesting is that like having your model in place about and your processes in place about knowing when you're going to get paid, and or like saying, hey, you know, we bill out every whatever of the month. You know, we bill for the month, so you need a credit card on file so that when we're done. I can run the credit card when we're, when we're done with the month, if that's what your setup is like, but you have to know your model before you can even be like, okay with payments sometimes. Right. You know? And, and I think that that's something that's really evolved with us as well. Like
1: getting the process down of how do we do billing? How do we make it simple? How do we make it very transparent? Right now we have, you know, email reminders. Now we have like notifications that go out. So, you know, you Our clients should never be shocked when it comes time, like, and I say, put my hand out and say, "Ah, it's time to pay again, because they've already received several notifications leading up to it, knowing that, hey, today's payday, right? And it's actually made it easier on me when I go and tell them, hey, you know, um, today's billing, this is what I'm going to run your card for, just making sure that you're still good with that. Now, they owe me the money, so... Hopefully, they don't have an objection to it because they've utilized the service. But I think it makes that conversation, at least for me, easier because I know that they've gotten several notifications up until that point. So it's not like a shock, right, that they know it's coming um, and it, they're not caught off guard. Because generally, I I do feel like sometimes people just lose track, yeah. you know, like people lose track, like, oh, man, I went through 10 sessions already.
0: Oh, completely. You no, know, they're, they're, they're going to be like that. But on top of that to bring it, bring it to kind of close this point out real quickly, how often do you, did you think about the type of client that like how, how often or frequently did you think about and change who your ideal client was for yourself? I mean, it's, is it something that you just did once?
1: No, I think it continues to change. Like it's, it's something that, you know, as you evolve and, um, as you really focus down and ratchet down like the things that you enjoy doing, I think that changes, you know, yeah, completely. Uh, I think that, uh, especially now, like, you know, with our focus changing a little bit, like, um, you know, again, I go back to the athlete thing cause I enjoy working with athletes and I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun, but I'll be honest. If I never worked with another athlete again, it wouldn't break my heart, you know? Um, but I've evolved, and what I find enjoyable and what I find challenging, and do I enjoy developing athletes and getting them to uh, peak levels? Yeah, it's awesome. like it's it's really cool. It's really fun to go watch them play and watch them succeed on the field. Mm-hmm. But you know, like it's that feeling is kind of trumped by the people that we get now that we tend to service more often, which are the people that, You know, are getting beaten up by life. And, you know, at this point, don't have anywhere else to go. And we're able to find solutions for them to actually live their life better. That's awesome because, like, I see that being, you know, something that as I get older is hopefully going to help me age better and take care of myself better, but also take care of my wife better and take care of my parents better and take care of my in laws better. You Mm know, Um, those are the things that, like, now as I'm getting older, I'm starting to appreciate more versus yeah. like when I was a little younger, and you know I didn't think about any of that stuff. Like I did things more selfishly, like oh how's where is this going to get me? How's this going to get me to the next stop? Oh, where is this is now- this
0: is kind of selfish too though, because I'm like oh you, totally. I, I mean, what what are we like? I'm I'm 40 or 30 something. 39. 39. Yeah, I don't tack on a for – 30. 30 yet. something. And, but like think about it when you when you look at your peers of people that you went to school with. Right, and you see how their bodies hold up over time versus what your body's been through over it, like with far more um, what's the, what's the word I'm wearing yeah far more yeah wear and abuse terror. far more abuse that's it and that's the word I was like so you, you you've gone through far more abuse and now at age 39 you, you're actually performing better than you did in your early 30s which is interesting to me because a lot of people as they're aging, everything just gets worse, you know, right. and, and and we're actually improving, you know.
1: Well, that's, that's the craziest thing. And I had this conversation with my wife the other night, like, you know, um, for those of you know me, like, you know, like a big softball, avid softball player, um, traveled around and played all over the place. And, you know, when I first started playing, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago, like I was a mess. Like I could barely run around the bases. I couldn't really move. My knees were shot. Like I just, I looked like an old man, like when I was, when I was playing, but I enjoyed it. So I kept pushing through it. Well, this last year, you know, my wife and I, we just had a baby not too long ago. So we kind of determined last year was going to be kind of my last year to kind of travel and go all over the place. Cause it's just tough. You know, my wife works in professional baseball. She's working weekends. I'm off, you know, to 10 buck two, playing in all these tournaments, you know. I heard
0: they have great tournaments there. Right.
1: You know, so we had kind of determined like okay, this is probably going to be like the last hurrah. Like we just can't we can't squeeze it in our schedule anymore. Our priorities are changing, right? Hmm. So, you know, as we went through and we went down to Florida for Worlds this year, and after we lost our last game, you know, like, guys are coming, you know, just kind of saying bye to each other. And, you know, the guys are like, oh, well, we'll see you next year and stuff. I'm like, no, like, actually, I'm I'm done, guys. Like, this, mm-hmm. is my, this was my last year. I was like, good luck to everybody. Like, it was tough because it was like this whole, like, kind yeah. of ending, right? Yeah. And I told Chris, I was like, it wasn't tough in the sense that it's tough not to to play per se, like I enjoy playing. I love it. I'm going to miss it. But the tough part is I'm not quitting because my body can't take it anymore. It's actually the opposite. Like I felt better last year than I felt since I was probably 24 years old. Yeah. Like guys that I played with or in their mid to upper 20s, like they didn't even know I was 39 years old. Yeah. They thought I was like worst case scenario in my early 30s. And, and it
0: makes you more consistent too. Right.
1: So it's like, you know, I was like, I'm not actually leaving or retiring because I can't do it anymore. It's because my priorities are changing. Yeah. And I was like, that's a little bit harder to swallow when it's all said and done. When it's like, when, it, you know, your last game, your last out, it's like, if I just couldn't physically do it anymore, it'd be easy to walk away and say, hey, I had my run. Dude, it's, it still, was great. it's still not easy. You know, but now it's like, <laughs> man, this really sucks. Like. I could play a couple more years at a high level like my body could tolerate playing at a high yeah. level but I just don't have the time. I yeah. just don't have like I don't have the drive even. Like, you know,
0: normally at this time my priorities have shifted. Right. You know, it's it's another thing too. It's like what what do you really want? With your day, how do you want your career to go? Who do you want to give your time to? And it's, it's interesting because it's like there was a point in time when we were playing together, you know, playing softball together, where it's like softball was like the highlight of my week. You know, I loved going out there. And then for for a while, it was almost just like... Oh, my God, I should probably get home. Like, I should, I should get home. I should get home to the kids. I should, you know, like, prepare for, like, tomorrow I have, like, X amount of people on my schedule. I have some crazy cases. I'm not done with this or that. Like, the whole day just felt rushed. And then on top of it, I was going somewhere to get less sleep than I usually get, which was at that time, like no sleep at all with my kids that hated to sleep all the way up to like 10 years old, right? Like still knocking on the door and, and, and it was not, it was just, it was not a good situation. But switching that around, it's like, you know, your priorities, you know what you want out of it. And now you can build a place that houses people that you enjoy servicing.
1: Right. And I think like, long story short, you know, with my priorities, my evolving transformation, and as far as like, you know, just an individual goes, you know, like things that I hold value now versus what I did have changed. So obviously my ideal client has changed over Mm -hmm. that time as well. And I think that, you know that's where the whole you know taking the time to do some of these some of these things that we've we've outlined um is super important it's not hard doesn't take a lot of time it just takes you know you sitting down with a pen and paper and writing some stuff out and if you have a business partner discussing like where you guys are and like if you like opposite things or maybe you don't and you know This exercise ties back into a multitude of things that we've talked about in previous podcasts. That it's all related. They just just build on each other. It's just again, it's that narrowing of your focus of where do you want this sucker to go? Where do you want the train to go?
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess in summation, um, make a list of your best clients. Like, why are they your best clients? Uh, A good YouTube video to watch is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. He also has a book entitled The Same Thing. Um, You can check out a book called Business Model Generation on page 131. They have... That's um, specific, by the way. I know. Isn't that great? I I knew you'd like that. It's called an empathy map is what they call um, constructing your ideal client. So what do they think and feel? Uh, What do they hear? What do they sense? What do they say and do? Um, Also, take... Your favorite clients out for a coffee or a beer, and ask them some questions. Like, not everything, um, not everything is important. Remember that. But you know, things that come up again and again usually are. Um, design everything specifically to attract more of the same type of people that you love coming to work for every day. You know, and basically, your ideal clients help helps elevate your own success. So that goes hand in hand. And that's how important it really is. So um, Brandon, do you have anything to add to that?
1: If If your client's super happy, you're super happy, guess what? You get more clients. I
0: mean, that's just the way it is. It's the bottom line. So to wrap things up, guys, um, for more, make sure you go over to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter. I just don't know why you wouldn't, right? Yeah, do it. (laughs) We send out free tools and workflows that go with with these shows. um, So make sure that you sign up for that. Uh, Also, go over to iTunes and give us a five-star review, and please leave a positive comment. And if you want to check out our practice, go over to body-activation.com and give it a look. Thanks for listening, and catch you next time.